Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys a question. I want you to think for a moment about your life as a Christian. If you could choose an adjective to describe your life as a Christian, what would you choose? Think about that right now in your mind. Would you say exciting, consistent, steady? Or would you use terms like depressing, boring, other things like that? How would you describe your faith? How would you describe your relationship with Jesus? And Because here's the thing, whether you realize it or not, how you describe it, even though you didn't say anything, it's evident. What you think about your faith and what you think about the relationship you have with Jesus is evident to other people in how you live your life. You can tell. It's obvious. You, you know, have you heard somebody, oh, you just wear your feelings on the sleeve? Folks, you wear your Christianity on your sleeve. And what you believe and what you hold to and how important it is, is right there on your sleeve. It's evident. Now, here's the situation, though. The fact of the matter is, is when we talk about our Christian life and we talk about the Christian faith, I would describe all of us, including myself, as surface dwellers. What are you talking about? It sounds like we're talking about some sci-fi show with Aquaman and everybody else is a surface dweller. No, no, I'm not talking about it. What I mean is is that most of us dwell on the surface peripheral of the Christian life. And there's actually so much more and we're not aware of it. In fact, here's two points I want you to see. It's easy to get bored with Christianity and the church. It's easy to get bored with Christianity and the church. You know what? Here's the thing. I've, you know, I, I, I listen to all the pastoral podcasts. I read the Christian magazines and the journals. I read the surveys. And here's the thing that they're all saying. People are leaving the church. People are leaving the church. 18 to 30 year olds are leaving the church in droves. Once they get 18 and mama can't make them come to church anymore, they don't come to church anymore. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? They're leaving the church. Yeah, they are. And what they don't tell you is, is that when you talk to them, here's what they say. It's boring. There's nothing there. It's just Sunday morning after Sunday morning. And Sunday morning after Sunday morning is the same thing. It's the same thing here every Sunday morning. Four songs, four great songs from the band. George praying, George bringing a message. I hope George brings a good message today. Otherwise, it's boring. And we don't expect anything else from our Christianity. We don't expect anything from God. We're not even sure why we're here. Some of us, it's just a routine. Christianity and the church have become boring. But you have to ask yourself, when Jesus says, 
I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. A lot of us are like, well, where's that? Where's this abundant life? Where is this? Because that's not describing the Christianity I see. I, actually, I think the biggest reason why young people leave the church it's not because there aren't enough youth programs in the church. It's because they don't see the reality of Jesus in the home. So why keep pretending? Did you understand what I'm saying? So here's the thing. We live on the surface. We're surface dwellers. It's easy to get bored with Christianity and the church. Here's the second thing. Our boredom is a direct result of our living with surface spirituality. Our boredom with Christianity and with the church is a direct result of our living with a surface spirituality. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if we were to have a survey here, we would make it incognito so that you could share whatever your true feelings are. But if we were to somehow maybe have an email survey or something and if, if we were to have a survey and you could just share your feelings without leaving your name and there was no way to trace you, you could probably, if I were to ask you, what is your concept of the Christian life and the relationship with Jesus? Probably a lot of us have no concept or no expectation of anything except for a few things. We want God to bless us. We want God to keep us from all kinds of problems. And we don't really have any expectations beyond that. We're not expecting anything from God. When you came in here this morning, you probably weren't expecting God to do anything as far as your life. Now, you multiply that 52 times a year, week after week, and our lives are pretty boring. And that's because we live on the surface with our Christianity. We don't go any deeper with it. What are you calling saying, George? Are we supposed to get religious now? I'm not asking you to get religious. I'm asking you, because this is what the series is about, I'm asking you to think about living beneath the surface. I'm asking you to go deeper into the relationship that God really wants to have with you. And here's the thing. I'm asking you to find your joy in Jesus. Because here's the thing, I'm going to be honest with you. If, if someone were to come up to you and say, hey, would you describe your Christian life by one word, and the one word is joy, I can almost guarantee you that most of us would say, no, that's not the word I would choose. But joy is there. Joy is available. But I'm going to be honest with you, as long as we're living on the surface of just doing church and having Christianity as a part of this compartment of our lives, we're never going to find it. So we're starting this new series. And my hope is, can I be honest with you? My hope is, is that if you're a believer here, the desire is within you. Now, some of us, we just bury it, but the desire is within you because the Holy Spirit always is calling the deep to go deeper. And the Holy Spirit is calling you to have a, a more intimate relationship with him, a more intimate relationship with God, to move beyond the surface to something deeper for your Christian life. That's what this series is going to be about. And my hope is, is that some of you will be like, yes, I want something more. I want something more than just the same old boring church, 
boring Christianity. Now, some of you were like, well, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Is that going to be like something I see on TV that's weird? No. No, it's not going to be that at all. That's like saying if you have a deep relationship with somebody, that's weird. No. I'm talking about you going deeper in your intimacy with God and knowing what he wants for your life, and he knows what you want. And I think for a lot of you, you want something more. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go to this letter, the letter to Philippians, and we're going to try to get beneath the surface. So today, we're going to have a reality check. See, if you're going to break out of living on the surface, you need to have a reality check. You need to realize, wake up to the reality of who you are. What do you mean by that, George? Well, here, I want you to write this down. You were created to live beneath the surface. You were created to live beneath the surface. What are you talking about? You were created to go deeper in your life with Jesus. He wants to have a meaningful relationship with you. You were created for that. That's the reality check. In fact, we're going to see how he created you that way here in a moment. When we look at this first section, this first prayer of the Apostle Paul as he prays for these Philippian believers, we're going to see that he calls us to something more, to something for your life. So let's look together. Look with me, starting in verse 3. Look at what Paul says. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how I greatly long for you with all the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment, that you may approve all things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, if you're going to talk about, if you're going to talk about living beneath the surface, if you're going to talk about having a faith in Christianity and being a part of a church that is not boring, you've got to think in terms of, are you ready for this? You've got to think in terms of impact. You've got to think in terms of your life making a difference in other people's lives. See, if you're going to get beneath the surface of what God wants for you, you've got to move out of, are you ready for this? You've got to move out of self-focus. See, when you're on the surface, you're only thinking about yourself. You come to church as far as what can you get out of church. And if there's a better option, you wouldn't be here. Just being honest with you. 
If there's a better option of something else going on, you wouldn't be here. Why? Because church is boring. Christianity is boring. I'm living on the surface. But see, if you're going to move beneath the surface, you've got to think in terms of impact. Is your life making an impact? I want you to stop for a moment. You say, well, wait a minute, George. I'm just a mom. Or I work in a factory. Or I just work here. And, and what kind of impact are you talking about? I'm not like impacting anything where I'm at. Hold on a second. You don't know that. Because you can have an impact at home. And you can have an impact in your neighborhood. And you can have an impact in your workplace. You can have an impact. You've got to start thinking in terms of that. If you want to live beneath the surface, if you want something so much more in your Christian life, you've got to think about making an impact. Here's what Paul says. Two things that come out of his prayer. First of all, he says this. Your life should produce thankfulness in others. Your life should produce thankfulness in others. The impact of your life should create thankfulness in other people's lives. Is your life the kind of life that produces thankfulness in others? I hope it is. Well, you don't know, George. You don't know my position. I'm in, I'm, I'm in, uh, you know, I, I, I've got people, you know, I, I understand that. Whether you're in a high position at work or a high position in an organization or, or in a low position, you can have an impact and people can be thankful for you because your life is living beneath the surface. You're wanting a deep relationship with God, and it'll produce thankfulness. Paul said, I am so thankful as I'm praying for you. Look at what he says there, verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Do people say that about you? I am so thankful to Jesus every day when I see you. Here's the second thing about making that impact. The impact of your life should produce joy in others. I thought we're talking about me getting joy, George. Now you're talking about that I should be living in such a way, making an impact in such a way that I produce joy in other people? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are times when I, I'll be honest with you, when, when, when someone says, hey, we're going to get with so-and-so. I'm excited about that because I know that my interaction with them is going to produce something in my life that's okay, even if it's negative. Because joy is more than just feeling happy. See, is the impact of your life producing joy? So look with me. Notice something here, because here's what Paul says. Always in prayer of mine, verse 4, making requests for you with joy for your fellowship in the gospel. He says, I, I just think about you with joy as I think about your fellowship in the gospel. What's he talking about? He's talking about them living their lives for Jesus. And he has joy as he thinks about them. See, it's about impact. Now, I already know. Some of you are thinking, hmm, well, that's great, George. But where do we begin? Because I want that impact thing. My life's not making an impact now. And how am I going to get there? Because I don't know what to do. Or I've messed up so much up to this point, there's no way I can make an impact. In fact, some of you have been told by preachers in the past because of failures or whatever, that you probably can't make an impact. How many of you have ever had somebody tell you that, right? Can I tell you that's hogwash? Can I tell you that? Can I tell you that's a lie? Really? Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. Your life, as long as you're breathing, 
and you belong to Jesus can make an impact if you just start wanting to live beneath the surface. How do I know that? Because of how he prays for the Philippians. I want you to look with me. Because he's going to show that they're a work in progress. Now, let me just stop for a moment before I talk about that. You know, I'm from the South. I grew up in the South. And I don't ever recall hearing this phrase until I moved to Pennsylvania. And it's a negative phrase. I, you know, if you were a scumbag in the South, we would just call you a scumbag. In Pennsylvania, we call you a piece of work. Right? Now, that's a negative phrase, right? Well, he's just a piece of work. Hey, I'm going to tell you, folks, we all are pieces of work. We're a work in progress. In fact, here's what I'm going to have you do. I'm going to have you look to your neighbor. No, I'm not going to have you tell them you're a piece of work. (laughs) But I am going to have you do this. I want you to look to your neighbor right now and tell them, I'm a work in progress. Now, they already knew that. They already knew that. But see, here's the thing. You're a work in progress. God wants you to start living beneath the surface of just surface Christianity. He wants you to have an impact so that your life produces thankfulness and so that your life produces joy in others. How's that possible? I want you to look with me. First of all, look with me at what he says here. Verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Here's what I want you to see. The first thing is the foundation for everything else we're going to talk about here the rest of the message. I want you to hear me. If you want to write that down in the notes, this is the foundation of everything else we're going to talk about in this message. This is the foundation. See, here's the thing. God wants you to live beneath the surface. You were created for that. He wants your life, wherever it is, to have an impact. You were created for that. Do you hear me? Don't walk out of here without realizing that. And so here is the first thing you need to understand because you're a work in progress. Here's the point. You should be confident that God will complete his work in you. You should have confidence that God is going to complete his work in you. He is taking a lifetime to mold you into what he wants you to be. Every negative experience, every positive experience, everything that happens in your life, whether it's bad or good, God is using for a purpose. He's using to create you to be just like him so that you could be an impact so that as you live beneath the surface... You're having an impact. Now, some of us, we get kind of like, oh, I'm getting older and I'm not seeing the impact. I understand that, but he's got things long-term. We think short-term. And you can be confident of this, that he is working in your life right now to mold you. To mold you. Well, you don't know what I did. I don't care. If you've gone to Christ, it's forgiven. The song we just sang, Oh, the blood. You know that? 
I was like worshiping up front when they were singing that song. Why? Because it's the blood of Jesus that covers me. It's the blood of Jesus that forgives me. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses me. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? You should be confident. God's doing a work in your life through every failure. My favorite psalm. You guys should know what my favorite psalm. 37, verse 24. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in them. Though he yet stumble, what? He'll not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Isn't that beautiful? God picks you up. You should be confident that God will complete the work in you. Now, what's this work? Well, that's what the rest of these verses are talking about here. We're going to focus on three areas from these verses. We can actually focus on a lot more, but I'm just going to focus on three. See, when you start wanting to live beneath the surface, when you want your life to have an impact that produces thankfulness and joy in others, and you're confident that God is going to work in your life, You're going to see God working in three areas in your life. Notice the first one. We see it in verse 9. And I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Here's what I want you to see. Love will abound in your life through your relationship with Jesus. Love will abound in your life through your relationship with Jesus. That word knowledge, that's our English word. The Greek word actually goes a little bit further than that. It's talking about an experiential knowledge. It's not talking about a knowledge of facts. So you can come and learn all the stuff in Sunday school, have all kinds of knowledge about God. That's not going to increase your knowledge as far as, that's not going to increase your love towards people. Just knowing, if, that's, if that were true, I would just start handing out theology books for all of you to read. Your love is going to increase because you come in contact with a relationship with Jesus. So you want to have more love in your life? Get beneath the surface. But here's the thing. I'm going to tell you. This is what I can be confident about. He wants me to have a life that abounds in love. So he's going to help me to love other people as I get closer to him. Do you see what I'm saying? God's the one who helps me. Listen, I want you to think about the people who've impacted your life. Because listen, you can think about it. The people that impacted your life, if they didn't care at all about you, I can almost guarantee there was no impact. Right? Am I right? People who don't care, who don't like us, care about it, we write them off. How are they going to have an impact? See, if you want to have an impact that produces thankfulness and joy in people's lives, you have to have the confidence in your life that God is going to bring you to a place where your life begins to what? Abound more and more in love. I'm going to tell you right now. We can have our act together here as far as everything we believe, but if there's no love in this place, if there's no love that's shown among other people towards other people in this place, people will walk out of here and never come back. They will say, this place is boring. I don't want to have anything to do with that Christianity because they don't care about anyone. 
See, this is what Paul was praying for them. That their love would abound. That their love would abound. Here's the third point. Here's what I want you to see. Discernment will guide you to live a sincere, godly life. See, he's confident that as God works in your life, you're going to have, and this is what he's praying for them, that they would have a discernment. Look with me at verse 10 there. Look at what it says. That you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. What's he talking about? Approve. He's talking about the choices that you make. See, as you get beneath the surface and you get connected to that relationship with God and you have that confidence that he's going to work in you, he's going to give you discernment in the choices that you make so that when you live your life, it'll be godly and sincere. Godly and sincere. So we see, I can have a confidence. It's going to produce love in me. It's going to give me discernment. One final thing. One final thing. Look with me at verse 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Here's what you can be confident about. Your life will be marked by the fruits of the Spirit. Your life will be marked by the fruits of the Spirit. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to Take your Bibles there. If you have them, I want you to go back two books. Next book is Ephesians, and then come to Galatians. I want you to look at chapter 5 of Galatians, verse 22. Paul, the same writer who's writing the letter to the Philippians, is writing and telling us what the fruit of the Spirit is. So I'm going to read this list to you, and I want you to tell me, now I don't want that in my life, George. Listen to the list. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Now, how many of you would say, George, I don't want any of that in my life. No, we do. We want love to be produced in our life. We want the joy. Isn't that why we're listening to you, George? Just so we can find joy in Jesus? We want self-control. We want long-suffering. What does long-suffering mean? It means enduring under the hardships of life. We want patience. What does that mean? Well, it's dealing with other people, right? We want peace. But here's the thing. You can be confident that he's doing a work in you and he'll complete it. Why? Because he's producing these things in your life. See, you were created to live beneath the surface. You were created to have so much more in your life. You were created to make an impact question is, is, do you really want to go? Because here's the thing. I know that you can get comfortable. Living on the surface is comfortable. But it's an adventure. 
to live beneath the surface. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.